Hello, everyone. My name is Daniel Crane, and I am the program director for the Center for Creative Entrepreneurship. And you are listening to Global Industry Spotlight, a conversational series focused on providing resources and insight for the creative entrepreneur. We are streaming live out of the Comcast Business Startup Studio, a room designed for Chicago's small business community located at 2112 Chicago's first music, film, and tech incubator. The Global Industry Spotlight today is on Pixie Wayand. Pixie has been the sole owner and operator of one of Australia's longest-running live music venues, The Zoo, for the past six years and has experience as an artist and venue booking agent, head of A&R within record labels, distribution, publishing, artist management, and closely with music festivals and international touring promoters. She has a deep appreciation and understanding of small business and has been self-employed and working in live music over the past 10 years. Pixie is the founder of Feed Music, a tech-based platform where musicians, businesses, and fans can connect and engage in mutually beneficial collaborations. Let's welcome Pixie. Hello. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) So um, first of all, it's just great to have you here. Uh, Pixie came all the way from Australia, and basically we came like last week. Yeah, um, almost a week ago now, so very fresh, (laughs) um, but loving it so far. Yeah. And so, you know, first of all, I just want to congratulate you on being self-employed for 10 years, having had a successful, you know, uh, music venue and, and, and built up, a, 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 you know, a pretty impressive career that spans the industry. So can you just talk a little bit about your, uh, you know, your experience and, and kind of what, what you're coming from now to build this new thing, which we'll get to in a bit? Yeah, so it's been a bit of a windy road and it's really it's kind of confronting almost to listen back to all of those things. Um, my journey to this point is a little bit windy. Um, I've always loved music, wanted to be in the music industry, but it's it's a tough one to crack. Um, trying to find that direct pathway is notoriously difficult. Um, so I started my biz- business sort of journey at a cafe and a restaurant. So I decided to start um start my first business, which was something a bit random, not in music, but um, yeah, so I opened a little cafe and a bar um, back in 2014. Um, And what I realized at that point was we actually had something that all touring artists needed, which was a good, healthy meal. Um, I had friends touring, um, playing, you know, thousand cat rooms and on the surface, everybody's like, they must be so successful. And what I saw beneath the surface was not so much as in financially, um, the instability was still there. Um, obviously, that leads to mental health and well-being. Um, so we started giving out free food to touring artists at the cafe. And we didn't expect anything in return. But what we found was a really beautiful um, organic onflow of uh, social thanks. And I guess that was before the creator economy and um, influencer marketing really took shape. Yeah. Um, so that was that was where I guess my first affinity with live music and, and artists um, really began. Um, and from that point, uh, my landlord actually was the landlord of um, a venue um, in Brisbane, um, where my home, where I'm from. Um, and it was one of the longest running venues in the country. It was actually the first venue I went to, to see my first live show when I moved when I was a teenager. And um, yeah, he asked if I'd be interested in, in taking ownership of that. Um, and obviously the answer was yes. So yeah, Went, uh, sold the cafe and bar and really dove deep into live music through 
the venue owner operator booker um it was a kind of a beautiful story because the previous owner it's 500 cat venue mm -hmm. um and she had it on her own for 25 years and kind of handed the baton um and it's an amazing venue it's had artists like you know nick cave and the pixies play and lord like mm -hmm. so it's had some really incredible artists and we work with the artists from the ground all the way through to international touring um, so yeah, for the last, I've just moved on from there and, um, for the last six years had that venue and that gave me a really deep insight into the music industry and kind of somehow juggled. Um, I worked as a booking agent in Melbourne as well. I've always had kind of two jobs on the side, um, as most people do. Right. Who are self-employed, right? You have yeah. a couple of, of, yeah. uh, avenues of revenue stream. Yeah. 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 So, um, and obviously always had the venue, but dabbled in as many things as I could, so I could kind of understand why the industry worked the way it did and and so i could understand different perspectives and decision making processes so um yeah over the last that period over the last six years i had lots of different things to try and understand like the booking agent staff um working with lots of festivals and promoters um obviously booked the venue um and then worked on the artist side as well um worked at labels helping you know mentoring management of artists so it's, it's a big wide world out there and i'd let's say jack of all trades master of none <laughs> but um a little little insight into all different areas but i've always got so much more to learn yeah i mean and i think that's such a great uh a great point to kind of jump off so what were some of the things you know when you when you own a venue and you're running a venue there's like there's marketing there's scheduling there's operations there's you know the booking there's just so many different types of things that you have to be able to do or find the right people to do to make it work and then on the other side you know just learning how tours work learning how to book um, what, so what did you, through those like experiences, what did you realize? Okay. These are the things I like to do. And these are the things I don't like to do. I mean, uh, for most, I, I would consider myself a fairly creative person. And for most creative people, I guess like the numbers and like the business plan and the mm. business side of things, like being a boss was hard. Yeah. Like being a boss was really hard. I, I, I didn't even like to use that word actually, but you know, having staff was difficult because especially starting a new business so when i came into the venue um it was a lot of the staff had been there for 15 years and were you know a lot older than me and knew more than me so mm -hmm. it was a really interesting transition to come in and almost shake things up a little and say so this is you know change the pathway of where the venue was going um and evolve it so that was a challenge um and yeah i, I it's hard to draw that line between friendship i made the mistake of hiring friends and, it, yeah, and that, that line can get really blurry so i learned really early on that you can't be friends with your staff. Like you do have to try and keep that line really clear. Um, and you have to, you know, make those decisions that are best for the business, even though it might rattle some, fe like rattle the feathers a little bit. I don't know if that's the right term, but <laughs> yeah, yeah no. rattle I know. the feathers. <laughs> I know it is. Feathers get uh, definitely uh, uh, shaken up in, 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 a, in a venue setting, in a, in a music setting. I mean, it's, it's hard pressure. There's a lot of pressure. I mean, you're, um, having to pay staff, yeah, and you need to sell tickets and and sell booze and and keep and, the bands happy, keep the bands happy, and yeah, and and give them a gr a good experience and give your fans a good experience. I mean, it, it it's a it's a tough and business. And a lot of them, a lot of the time, it's different ends of the spectrum. So, what makes an agent happy might not make the venue yeah. happy, and what makes the artist happy might not make the fan happy. So, it's a lot of juggling, um, and really trying to understand how we can all work together, um, especially through COVID as well. And that was like quite a shocking time to have to like you know go through live music like everyone experienced that um but 
yeah, definitely the business side and the financial elements of it. But I mean, I need to practice what I preach. And as I've grown, it's funny, like as I've grown through my business journey over the last year and 10 years, when I first started the the cafe, I had no business plan. I hadn't mm. even cooked anything off the menu when we first started. It was like, in hindsight, very naive. But now naturally with Feed Music, the, the startup, the business plan, the financials, like I'm naturally progressing to that because that's so important yeah um and it's the same with artists you know when i when we chat with artists about you know you are a business as well as an artist and a lot of them forget that and so and so do i and i empathize with that but i can't you know express how important that is as an artist and as a creative to focus on that part of the of the business because if you don't it's just not it will fall over yeah and just one more question that i want to hear all about feed music so are there uh independent woman owned the the venue before yeah. you and then pass it on to another woman i mean that's fantastic and i think um i would say are there a lot of woman owned venues or is that kind of a okay no i think like honestly i think we were and i proved me wrong but i think we were the <laughs> only female owned venue in the country mm -hmm. and and i mean there's definitely other females in syndicates but we were the only venue that was solely owned by a female um in the country and you know it's the 30th anniversary this year of the venue so it's one of the longest running continuous running venues in the country as well so i'm really proud of that i'm proud that we got through covid yeah, <laughs> um, now really... i can look back and breathe yeah. um, that was just always my goal is just keep it living you know keep it moving keep it open um so yeah, definitely that that's I'm really proud that that's you know carried on that um, I guess continuation of yeah. There's I think there's two venues uh, in town. One is still going the Hideout. So Katie Tutton has owned the Hideout yeah. for you know uh, a long time. And then uh, shout out to uh, Lonnie Walker and the Underground Wonder Bar, which um, yeah. was you know independently woman known for 25 Amazing. years. Um, you know these are you know if you're in the venue business you know how hard it is to keep these things to keep the lights on and keep it going it's, it's funny like we had like fun facts um at the front of the venue about like what like fun things about the yeah. venue, like all different kind of facts mm -hmm. and one of them was did you know that the venue's been owned by a solo female and someone like pulled us up on it they're like why is that a big deal and they fully just were like why is this important like why is that like giving you yourselves clout i was like dude you have no idea like how hard it is right so like, yeah. come on. Yeah. Um, and especially back in the 90s when when Jock started it, like the story she told me, like there were gangs, like literal, like there was a mafia that lived in Brisbane and they would lock her in, like lock her doors in. I'm like, as a solo female, like walking through the streets back then and owning a business, like that's hard. You yeah. Know? And so. And you come across these type of people in the music industry. Yeah. Especially back then. I think <laughs> there are similar stories of here in the 90s. I mean. It's a similar type of situation. And where... Exactly. And that's a big deal, especially back then. And even now still. So I'm, I mean, that's not, definitely something I'm proud of. And people, you know, who don't understand that probably should, you know. Get yeah, a, learn. Get, learn. If you try to run a music venue, first of all, <laughs> see how that works. Yeah. Um, okay. So you uh, start Feed Music. Talk to us about Feed. Yeah. So it's just this thing I've never been able to let go of. Um over the last you know, seven years, where we, it, like I sort of said, it began at Lost Boys, which was the cafe where we started giving out the food, and that was where the I it was born. And um, it was it, it was always a good idea, and people, you know, like loved it. It, it we then launched it in 2017 as a tester um, with a WordPress site at our like Australian version of South by Southwest called Big Sound. Um, and that was just on a WordPress site, no marketing, just trying to see, you know, how it how it 
at the uptake and if people were interested. Um, and we rolled it out to 13 locations nationally. And we had an uptake of about, you know, ooh, it, was, it, was, it was a couple hundred artists registered, which was amazing. But what we found was um, at that point, there was no way to track who was using it, when they were using it, what they were they using it for. Um, so we paused everything. Obviously, then COVID hit. Um, the venue shut down. And in my head, I was like, this is my time. This is what I need to be doing with my life because, you know, all this, I have a lot of ideas that always are going through my head. I'm always like doing most outrageous ideas coming out, but this one just never went away. So I guess I refined who we are and what we are and what we do. Um, and for me, like feed is to sustain. Feed is to live. And that doesn't just mean food. Um, and I guess like I saw the influence industry just grow. It's grown mm. 900% from 2016 to 2022. Right. And, I, and for me, seeing these brands and products and services, giving these things to influencers, I, I was just like, give it to artists, you know, flights, accommodation, transport, food, clothing. If this, we can change the behaviors and the way that these brands are investing and engaging with influencers and encouraging them to channel through to artists, it really has an opportunity to change the way that artists tour and ideally subsidize and support artists through alternative revenue streams. So that's kind of you know where we're at um, in terms of our vision is is yeah to be that alternative funding facilitator to artists. So we're not they're not relying on necessarily record labels and distribution splits and merch. Like there's actually um, helping them almost create a hybrid business. So walk us through walk us through what Feed Music does. Just for the the audience out there, and, and yeah, yeah. So we're still a baby, very much a baby platform, <laughs> but um, with with big yeah big aspirations, and we're definitely on our way. So how it stands at the moment, and and I guess where we'd like it to be is currently you can register to the platform. It's always free for artists. Like we that's that's a big thing to me is making sure it's free for artists always, and we want to make sure that there's something of on the platform for every artist, no matter whether you're small or you're big. Mm -hmm. um, so artists can register to the platform, enter the things that they like and they don't like. Values are really important so we can make sure that these collaborations are mutually beneficial and aligned. Um, upload your details so we know, you know, your Instagram, your Spotify and the gallery of imagery um, and things that you're looking for support on. And then on the flip side, artists can sign up, uh, brands can sign up to the platform and do a similar thing. Um, their values, because, you know, for, I don't know, I've noticed a lot of artists, the values are extremely important to them right. and who they're Absolutely. aligning with. Yep. So businesses can register to the platform as well. And ultimately, we'll also have fans on there. We've got the wait list for fans at the moment. So we'll have these three profiles. It's a three-sided user marketplace. And then basically brands can go on and find artists who match their demographic of their consumers and create these aligned collaborations. So we're trying to think outside the box. It doesn't have to be, you know, I'm wearing these shoes kind of thing. We really want to create meaningful, deeper engagements and brand ambassadorships between these businesses and these artists. And for the first time, reward fans. As a fan, supporting live music has very, very much been altruistic. So, you know, you're, you're buying the tickets and mm -hmm. you're streaming the songs and you're getting the merch, but... You, you're not recognized and and as a fan I'm okay with that I love that I'm fine with that but imagine being recognized and rewarded for that so mm -hmm. we want to be able to reward fans for the first time through brand deals so if you have a brand affinity with you know Converse and you're supporting an artist who has a brand affinity with Converse you can actually pass down those discounts and deals to the fans as well oh I like that yeah yeah so that's great Yes, yeah, so yeah. we want fans to be able to shout coffees or, mm -hmm. or meals to their favorite artists while on tour um, and artists can thank their, their I love fans. this focus on food for, you know, being able to provide uh, that it comes from that, right? It's yeah. like, 
when you're on tour, usually the food options are pretty poor. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, venues or, or spaces don't always have great, uh, you know, yeah. catering or food. So it, it, it's especially cool late that, nights. Yeah, no, yeah. I know. It's not, believe me, I know yeah. all about the late night food. Um, so, so then you decided, okay, you have this idea, you build it, uh, in Australia during COVID because every, everything's on lockdown and now you, you've moved to the U S Yeah. and talk about kind of what your plans are here and, and what you're looking to do and, and grow and expand with. The, the, the decision to come to the U.S. was almost like a weird gut feeling. Like mm. this was where I needed to be. Um, obviously, like being over in, in Australia for so long in the same ecosystem, I I just felt like that it was time to expand the networks and, and push this idea through to a different group of people to have it almost pulled apart so I can put it back together properly. Um, and, and the U.S. is our biggest market. So um, if I can try and crack it here. Right. <laughs> Um, and we've got we've got some great traction back home, but a lot of the brands I was talking to had their head offices here as well. Mm. And so some of the things they were saying is like, can you do this in the US? And so a lot of the enterprise brands are just like, come, can we meet you over here? So I was like, you know what? Yes. And I think I'm in this point where I'm just saying yes to things and going with the flow. And obviously with caution, but um, I feel like this is this is such a big market over here. And 2112 have been so amazing at um basically giving me the opportunity to come here and really um, immerse myself and feed music within the music ecosystem here because it's all about your networks yeah. and who you know it is as much about the idea um, it, it, it does come down to who, who can you bring on board as advocates for the platform and, and yeah 2112 has been amazing for that so far yeah and you know I mean, community is everything, yes. and we and we understand that you know, you know, as a as a as a venue owner and as a musician, um, you know, your network is everything. Yes, and that that is something that you know Scott uh, in 2112 has really built here is the niche market, right? Yeah. So there's like there's a music tech scene. Yeah, and this is something that for me, I mean, I was you know, I was a full time musician for 15 years. I had no idea, uh, you know, that there were these kind of niche scenes that you could tap into learn there was people that were supporting it it's good i mean the, the pitch night that we had here for who's who in music tech yeah. is to see all of the different ideas um learn what people are interested in and 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 to the exchange of ideas i think is, is yeah is fantastic so um suggestions for you know entrepreneurs or young female entrepreneurs who are entering into you know kind of the self-employed music industry Hustle, what were some of the things that you feel are, are important for people to remember or do, you know, as they're building their careers? Have faith in yourself. And I think that it's, I feel like it's a responsibility of everyone, especially other women, to give us a little nudge along. Um, mm -hmm. and, and in a weird way, like being a solo founder, like you're your own champion. So coming here and having like a level of validation that's a good idea and keep going it's really hard mm. but just keep going and I'm still telling myself that advice honestly like it, it is really hard to rem remain um, motivated all the time every day oh gosh, seven yeah. days a week because right. that's what this takes um, but I think from the beginning of my business journey it was just like about blind faith in what you're doing and I just anything that I've ever put my mind to has happened but it's through a hundred percent commitment and mm -hmm. hard work. Like when we first started the cafe, it, it was based around my favorite family, favorite movie hook. And we decided we wanted <laughs> to, put a, we, yeah, we yeah, wanted to put a tree inside. Right. So this cafe was actually a shoe shop. So we ended up turning a shoe shop into a cafe with a tree. 
it was outrageous, but it happened. And and I'd never, I have never been to college. I've never studied. I don't have any level of business experience whatsoever. But it's all about, it is all about mindset and just believing that you can do it. When we first opened, um, I'd never, mom, my mom calls me on the day of opening. It was years leading up to opening this cafe. And it was the first day, no, no customers. And I was freaking out. I was like, there's no one coming in here. And mom's like, what's on your menu? Like, what are you cooking? I got the entire menu off Pinterest. And she's like, have you cooked an egg? Have you poached eggs? And I was like, no, I've never poached an egg in my life. I was the only staff member. I couldn't afford to hire anyone else. And so mom's like, you need to practice that. And so luckily everything happens for a reason. Luckily for three days, we had no customers, but in that three days, it gave me the opportunity to learn how to poach an egg, cook things off the menu, make coffees. And on day three, we had these people come in and they wanted to review the food. And because I there was no one else in there and I had time to like give them a good spread, I got home that night and a friend called me and is like, Pixie, have you seen this review on the Urban List? And it was going crazy. And I got like 40,000 likes. And from that moment forward, we were packed. And I was able to hire staff. And it all came from me just being like, it, you can do it. That story is amazing. So... No one came for three days. Yeah. And, and what was the spread? What what did you, what did you, uh, it, it's funny. We ended up winning, winning like best breakfast, like all these awards and we didn't have a chef. Like it was, right. it's hilarious. We, yeah. we had like poached eggs and brush, like really like it was an organic vegetarian cafe. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we had really beautiful food. Um, lots of like tapas and mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff. So, um, but it's just, yeah, it, it's hilarious to me to think about that in hindsight. Like I opened this, Thing with no no idea yeah. what I was doing, but as an example to people, like you can, you can do it. Well, it's that entrepreneurial mindset, yeah, uh, of not being afraid to fail, uh, following through on your ideas, and you'll figure it out, yeah. right? It's like one of those moments where, like, okay, I'm here now, I have to figure it out. And I think the biggest thing is, is like doing something every day, do mm. one thing that you can't get out of, and that that's always been it for me. Is like with that, I was so scared to sign a lease, but I I just signed the piece of paper. And that locked me in. And, you know, it was such a big deal. It was like a lease. But I'm like, you know what? You just signed a piece of paper. Yeah. Do it. And so I signed that. And then I was locked in. Couldn't get out of it. And then start telling people about your idea. Like hold yourself accountable almost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Pixie, it's great to have this conversation and to learn more about you. Uh, Pixie was one of the um, people who pitched at Who's Who in Music Tech this past Tuesday. Uh, she is a, a 2112 member, a new 2112 member. And we're really happy and grateful to have you here. Um, and we're wishing you, you know, the best uh, as you kind of grow feed music. And, and you know, as always, we're here to support you and elevate and amplify <laughs> all the cool things you're doing. Um, I feel like this this cafe story is definitely going to stick in my head. Um, and it's an important one to remember. Right. Uh, you know, you have this idea, you follow through on it. It doesn't you know, you kind of like, oh, you free have that moment of freak out. And and then, uh, you know, you're able to to transition and, and learn some things and, and, and have some success. Right. Uh, I mean, that's 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 a beautiful story. So thanks again for joining us. Thank you. Oh, what a great conversation with Pixie from Feed Music. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Again, my name is Daniel Crane. I am the program director for the Center for Creative Entrepreneurship. And this was another episode of Global Industry Spotlight, a conversational series, a conversational series focused on providing resources and insight for the creative entrepreneur. Every Thursday, we talk to different organizations, different small businesses, entrepreneurs, people who are building 
cool things, interesting things, useful things in the creative industries. We are streaming out of the Comcast Business Startup Studio, located at 2112, Chicago's first music, film, and tech incubator. Thank you to Comcast Business Insure for providing the tools necessary to make our programming possible. Please visit cceglobal.org to register for free workshops offered by our partners. Find us on Instagram and Facebook and tune in next Thursday for another episode of Global Industry Spotlight with Anita Rao. Again, it's been great talking with Pixie. It's been great talking with all of you. I hope you enjoyed this uh, Global Industry Spotlight and we will talk with you soon. Take care.